Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Dot Differently. I am Shai Sherry, and we are beginning a new parak today, Chapter 7, Klal Gadol of Masechet Shabbat, which technically technically begins on the bottom of page 67b, but uh, we are going to be looking mostly at page 68 in Masechet Shabbat today. The new chapter is called Klal Gadol, which means a great principle. It's actually what the Gemara... Uh, after the Mishnah, begins with and tries to figure out what exactly, why exactly, the Mishnah is called Klal Gadol. But let me read to you what the Mishnah states. And before um, before we get into the Mishnah itself, we're no longer talking about what you can do or what you can't do on Shabbat, but we're talking about depending on your knowledge about what it is you're doing and specifically the transgressions that you might be committing on Shabbat, what the consequence, what the liability, what really the mission is talking about, what kind of sacrifices and how many sacrifices um, you need to make for those transgressions, depending on your interior state. So it's very interesting. We're not talking about actions right now. We're only talking about mental states. It's not quite kavanah. It's not quite what you intended to do, but it's what was in your mind both at the time and prior to that time. So, okay, klal gadol. The sages stated a major rule concerning Shabbat. The first category of transgression that they talk about is somebody who forgot the essence of Shabbat, that there were prohibitions at all on Shabbat, that person only has to bring one offering. But if you committed transgressions on Shabbat because you forgot, oops, I forgot it was Shabbat and I did this, then you've got to bring a sin offering or a chatat for every Shabbat that you, oops, forgot that it was Shabbat and committed these transgressions. The third category is, oh, you know that it's Shabbat, but oops, you committed this transgression because you forgot on that Shabbat that that particular transgression or that particular category, Av Malacha, that father of the Malacha, that larger category of prohibition, was in fact prohibited. For that kind of transgression, you need to bring an offering for every major category of transgression that you committed. Okay, so those are the three. Let me let me just review the, the three categories again. The first category is somebody who forgets the essence of Shabbat this, and forgets that there are prohibitions on Shabbat, which is kind of a difficult category for us to imagine. The second category, much easier to imagine, is somebody who commits a transgression because they, oops, forget that today's Shabbat. And the third category is somebody who remembers that it's Shabbat, but forgets the particular transgression that they committed was indeed prohibited. 
So after the Mishnah, after the Gemara now talks a little bit about why this is called Klal Gadol, they introduce a statement by Rav and Shmuel, who are two Amoraim. They are later sages from the period of the Gemara. And they say that that first category, somebody who forgets that somebody who forgets the essence of Shabbat is really talking about a and a a child who was captured, who was kidnapped, and a convert who converted amongst the Gentiles. Which introduces a really interesting question about how you can have a convert who converts amongst the Gentiles. But their point is, this person actually didn't forget the essence of Shabbat. Their point is that this category, which the Mishnah doesn't seem to describe, discuss is somebody who never knew about Shabbat. A tinok, a child that was kidnapped, was never taught about Shabbat. And a ger, a convert, who converted amongst Gentiles similarly, was never taught that there were prohibitions. So they're, they're understanding this first category of the Mishnah more broadly than the Mishnah itself seems to indicate from a plain, simple reading. But as the Gemara then tries to analyze those three categories, it it bum it runs into a problem because if you start jacking up the level of awareness for each of these three categories of sin, you, you run into a problem. So by the time the Gemara finishes that analysis, it admits that what Rob and Shmuel agreed upon was that the consequence for one who never knew about the essence of Shabbat, like a child who was kidnapped, and like a convert who was converted amongst the Gentiles, their consequence, their liability, what they need to bring, is like one who forgot the essence of Shabbat. Ah, so what we have actually at the bottom um, or at the top, rather, of 68b, is a rewriting of the tradition, which is itself interesting. That the tradition that we were initially offered on page 68a gets rewritten in on page 68b. So that what Rav and Shmuel say is even a child who was captured and raised among Gentiles, or a convert who converted amongst Gentiles, is like one who recognized Shabbat, but eventually forgot, and hence they're only liable to bring one sacrifice. Okay, so now we have an, at least an understanding of what Rav and Shmuel um, are saying. But then there's immediately a challenge. Wait a second, that's not fair. Um, if somebody never knew the law, why should they be held responsible for having violated it? And indeed, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, otherwise known as Reish Lakish, they exempt that category from a sin offering at all. Now, you've got to remember that Rabbi Shmuel are Babylonian Amoraim, and Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish are uh, Eretz Yisrael. They're Israeli or Yerushalmi. Um, Amoraim. So they're from similar time periods, but they're separated by geography. So in order to now handle this particular conflict between these two sets of Amoraim, the Gemara then introduces an earlier Tanaitic statement, a Brita, that says, ex that says explicitly, no, a child who was kidnapped or a convert who was 
converted amongst Gentiles, do need to bring a sacrifice. But then the end of this brighta, the end of this earlier Tanitic statement says, but Moonbaz, who was a Tana, exempts them. So we're going to find out that Rachel Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, they agree with Moonbaz. And as long as a later authority has an earlier authority to rely upon, it's fine for them to disagree with the majority. But what I want to focus on for the very end of our teaching today is why Moonbaz exempts people in this category. First, he offers a, um, a kind of textual justification. The Torah calls people that commit acts, transgressions with knowledge, sinners, and the Torah calls inadvertent transgressors, sinners. And so what Moonbaz does at the beginning is says, well, since they're both called sinners, there must be a common denominator that goes beyond or transcends their actual transgression. And what is that? They both had knowledge. Now, at this point, we don't know exactly what that knowledge is. But because the sinners both have knowledge, it means people who didn't have knowledge aren't called sinners. And if they're not called sinners, then they shouldn't be responsible for a for an offering. At the very bottom of 68b, there, uh, Moonbaz offers another explanation, and he um, and he says, "Look, in Numbers chapter fifteen, verse twenty-nine and verse thirty, we have a hekesh. We have the juxtaposition of someone who sins inadvertently and someone who sins intentionally. Their act is the same, and so it's only what's in their mind that um, that differs between these two." And since they're brought together, they must both have knowledge in their mind, although the Torah doesn't say that explicitly. And so if they don't have knowledge about the transgression at all in their mind, then, they're, then they shouldn't be considered sinners, and therefore they shouldn't offer a sacrifice at all. What's going on underneath this question is whether or not a an offering is to somehow repair a problem in the world that has happened as a result of the transgression or to repair and um, rectify something that the sinner has done. And so we're going to continue with this theme on the next daf. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.